Welcome in, Bears fans, to an episode of Bear Bones. My name, as always, is Mason West, and joining with me, I have two co-hosts. Kyrie, why don't you make an introduction? What's going on, y'all? Uh, this right here is my big four-year-old, Maya, and and now uh, she's too shy to be involved, but I'm sure that that might not last. Oh, oh yeah, she's, she's making it back in here, but I'm just letting you all know, disclaimer, okay, it is daddy-daughter time. There is Beauty and the Beast playing in the background. That's going to be a thing. So as long as y'all are good with that, let's roll. I got to ask, OG or remake? Go, come on. Come on. I don't, I don't know. The remake wasn't that was actually pretty good. Yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. But that's one of those things that you watch one time and you're, you're, and you're good. Like, uh, but I, no, I've we are doing the good. cartoon version. We are doing the OG cartoon version because my girl loves her some cartoons. Secret Banger is the uh, Beauty and the Beast like Christmas special. There's like an evil. Oh my god! I mean, organ. Yeah, and- my wife. My wife insists that we watch that every single year. And yeah, it it is very underrated. Gotta say. Uh, but we got a lot to get to. Got to dive in. First things first, a little bit of news, I guess, right? Bears have an offensive coordinator. Um, Kyrie, you weren't here for the episode where Danny and I talked about who we had at our, you know, our top choices. And Shane was actually my number one. So the Bears should just hire me, clearly. Um, you know, yep. th- this is a much lauded uh, hiring at this point in time. Uh, for example, Brad Spielberger went on CHGO and he said, I can tell you for a fact, he was the most sought after OC probably in this cycle. Thoughts? Yeah. And I mean, I, I would put it this way because I've heard varying degrees of discussion about, yeah, I mean, his offense is good. It's good on early downs. It's may on third downs. But, you know, some people said it's not it's not that imaginative. You know, it's kind of predictable. Uh, one thing I want to say is I think one of the first major breakdowns of film that I did, um, this was back in 2018 when I was really first getting into this. And it was the it was the Rams. It was the Sean McVay Rams in 2018. That year when they were lighting it up, I mean, video game offense um, went to the Super Bowl, obviously. So um, that year, oh, actually, no, that was the next year where they went to the Super Bowl. Um, But that year, oh, sorry, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Your name is Maya. That's right. That's what I told everybody. Um, But. I think it was interesting because when I did that breakdown, it's not that the offense was so, um, you know, just wacky and off the wall and super complex and et cetera. It was a bunch of plays that looked like everything else that they were running, right? You'd run a ton of outside zone. You'd spam it, you'd spam it, you'd spam it. And then the next thing you knew, thought it was going to be outside zone again, bootleg, play action down the field, right? Or 
bootleg into into a screen or something like that right and it's it's really it's not the most maybe complex thing in the world but i think we've got this idea in our heads that complexity is it, it equals good and that's not always necessarily the case the reason i bring all that up in regards to shane waldron is because the bit that i've watched is more true mcveigh style than anything the bears have done like i think they wanted luke getsy to be that kind of guy because he studied it under under matt lafleur etc but this guy is going to run that kind of offense yes yeah, the uh, it's really interesting because yes, to what Kyrie said, to what Kyrie said, you know, there's good and bad when you look at Shane Waldron and his time with the Seahawks in particular. You know, between 2021 and 2023, the Seahawks ranked 12th in EPA per play, 13th in success rate, sixth in yards per play, 11th in series conversion drive, uh, 12th in touchdown drive rate, explosive play rate was ninth overall in the league. So those are all great things. But oh, in addition to that, he really helps with time to throw. Look at Russell Wilson in his two years prior to Shane. He has at 2.95 and 3.03 seconds with Shane 2.78. This year with the Broncos, uh, Wilson's back up to 3.07. Geno Smith uh, was at 3.06 and 3.09 to start his career. With Shane, he's at 2.79 and 2.73 seconds. So this is good for both Caleb and Justin, who have a kind of long time to throws. Um, and it did, but you flip to the other side of the coin, like Kyrie was talking about, you know red zone and third down and fourth down percentages, they're not fantastic. In 2023, the Seahawks were 10th worst in third down percent. Uh, they were fourth, uh, they were second worst, excuse me, in fourth down percent and eighth worst in red zone scoring percents. They scored 26 touchdowns on 54 attempts. So, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. And, you know, you, you almost think how much of it is just Shane. And like you talked about, Kyrie, maybe not the most, intriguing offense how much of it is what he had available geno smith is while he had a great year that one year it's still geno smith that's at least what i'm thinking um and there's some limitations and older tyler lockett dk is kind of the main and only weapon there a kind of a bunch of guys at tight end how much is what yeah i think the other thing is so the offensive line was definitely a limiting factor in that and i don't think their running game is is yet particularly amazing um, I think Zach Charbonnet did some good things, but I think another stat that we saw was that the Seahawks were were pretty good at running the football when they actually ran it into the correct gap. And uh, what we saw is that uh, the Seahawks actually had the lowest <laughs> the lowest percentage of of run plays where their running backs actually hit the gap that they were supposed to, or at least the the way that it was um, what our film experts. Uh, believe, which I think I people generally watch enough football to figure that out. Um, so that's it. That's another thing. The run game wasn't great, but how much of that was the fact that the running backs needed a lobotomy or needed LASIK? I don't know. Um, so I, I think that the, the good thing about this offense, not necessarily even being the most complex or what have you. And one thing that we've heard is that the terminology that Shane Waldron is going to use is going to be very similar to what Luke Getze did. Hopefully just the designs and the play calls are better. But what that does is it allows your quarterback to, to borrow the phrase from uh, uh, Layla Rahimi on 670 The Score the other day to be a bit quarterback agnostic. So you can have the basic tenets. Of, I mean, I feel like this is, this is what we've wanted all along. 
You have basic tenets of a system. You have a basic philosophy, but it can be molded around what you have at quarterback. You're not forcing your quarterback to just do this rigidly based thing. You you can you have a, a basic you know kind of package of plays, and then from there you can you can scheme up different things that fit your quarterback. And so I think that is a big reason that Shane Waldron is here. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously the McVeigh tree, and that's something that when you really dive into it, they have, you know, a lot of very similar plays and sometimes just one difference between that play, right? They give you the same look over and over again, but all of a sudden there's a motion in there that throws it off. So if you want the McVeigh tree, you got the McVeigh tree. It's kind of like what Coach Boone and remember the Titans said, right? I run six plays, split beer. It's like Novocaine, just give it time. It always works. You know, sometimes you do get a little too fancy. I mean, how many times last season did we see something it's third and one and Luke gets, he dialed up a pretty funky, weird play that sometimes works. And other times you're scratching your head. Why didn't you just run the ball up the middle kind of a thing? So, you know, there's a time and a place for complexity. I do want to see some of those, we say situational numbers. So third, fourth down, and then of course in the red zone improve this, this is a, a, a higher that one of the reasons that I had Shane so high, right. was because he has play calling experience. He played, he called plays for three years and that's big. Now you could have maybe quote unquote swung for the fences and looked for that maybe a Zach Robinson who is third in command right now with the Rams, but he hasn't called plays. And so does he have a feel for the game? Right. I mean, there's much, we just saw Luke Getzey was great in that first drive or two, but then all of a sudden just couldn't adjust. And then the feel of the game got away from him. So I'm right now. Okay. With, as you also just talked about that agnostic thought of, well, you can insert almost any quarterback into this. And we're going to be able to make it work. And then once you have that quarterback set, because right now the Bears, Justin Fields is their quarterback. They may or may not take a quarterback in this draft. You need to have a situation where, right, it can work across the board and you can make adjustments based on the quarterback you have. I was going to say, what? They, they might take a quarterback in this draft. I hadn't heard that. Um, yes. Um this 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 is what it is, and, and our guy Danny is about to experience the joys of that. But I, well, not not necessarily the joys of this specifically. Give it give it four years. I will give you the noodles here in a second. But first, I got to talk about football a little bit. And again, I think that this is what, okay. I really need to talk about football right now, and then I will get you your noodles. Um, with with Shane Waldron, I think the the other thing that that interests me as well is that he and again we've heard about this whole quarterback collective. He's worked with these young prospects, and he knows people that have worked with the prospects. And and I I think that you know he'll be able to glean insights. I think he was there when at the quarterback collective when Justin Fields was coming up. And he's going to know people that can talk to Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be able to have a good idea of how to build a game plan for them. And I think that's why he ultimately got this job. Because, I mean, you hear some of the reports, right? Albert Breer came out talking about, well, you know, most of the offensive coordinators came into this really wanting to, you know, it's enticed by the idea of working with Caleb Williams. And then Matt Eberflus was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, Justin Fields is, is you know, he's solid too. We can work with him. But I think that the most intriguing thing here is that Shane Waldron can clearly devise a game plan that works for just about any quarterback that can clearly improve a quarterback 
Um, he's done it with two different guys in Seattle. And so then that allows Ryan Poles to just do whatever he wants to do and roll with whomever he wants to roll with. I think this is a far better place for this offense, for this team to be in than it was last year. And, and again, you mentioned Luke Getze and the inability to, to adapt. You hear a lot of times play calling is an art, right? It's not just pulling, you know, picking, you know, whatever the play is on Madden, right? Just hitting A, B, or whatever, right? You, there, there is, there, there is a flow to it. Troy Aikman talks about this a lot, and clearly having that experience and knowing what the flow is, that that counts for a lot here. We haven't had any idea of that for a while here in Chicago. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think of the process as a whole? So, you know, you know, to get to Shane Waldron, the number of, of OCs interviewed, the the specific places that the Bears pulled from, because I personally like it. And I feel like overall they made a good hire based on a good process. Sorry, I was having a hard time unmuting. I, I like it because I, I think ultimately, look, the Sean McVay offense is is the the wave of the future. It's what everybody wants. But if you want that, how do you do it most appropriately? I, I like the idea of getting in on that because it is the, again, it, it, it is kind of like the way that quarterbacks are successful. You can see how that influence. I mean, there's a reason everybody wants Shanahan and McVay guys because it works. Okay. Of course you got to get the right Shanahan and McVay guys. That is the key. So I think when it comes to this process, they clearly wanted to, I think, find somebody who could be as quarterback agnostic as possible. And, you know, accomplishing that with Shane Waldron. And and I, I like what Ryan Poles said in the press conference. I think, you know, some people, um, you know, tried to really uh, glean what was going to happen. Oh, does that mean he's rolling with Justin Fields? Does that mean he's definitely drafting Caleb Williams? And really what he said was, I want somebody that can work with anyone. Like, what if it was, what, for example, what if it wasn't Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? What if it's Drake May? What if it's Jaden Daniels? What, what if it's, it's JJ, you know, what, whoever it happens to be, it could be anyone at this point who ends up under center for the Chicago bears. And I, I imagine you got to be tired of trying to just find either one, this most perfect fit for this one guy who is so extremely specialized, like, like, for example, like a, like a Cliff Kingsbury, right? Cliff Kingsbury would have been a total Caleb Williams hire, right? Or on the other hand, a Greg Roman would have been a Justin Fields hire, but how about because if you really don't know what you're doing at this point, or or you have an idea but you just want to go through the whole process, then don't don't tip your hand. I think that they've done a great job keeping their options open so that at the end of this process they will be able to land on the guy that they want to run this team on the offensive side of the football, and they're going to have a guy in Shane Waldron that is going to is going to make them successful no matter who that particular person is. So I I think it's probably one of the sounder processes for an offensive coach that I've seen yet uh in, in recent years anyway. And you just talked about something I was going to ask but you did a good job covering it. You know, does this really say anything about Justin Fields versus a incoming rookie whether that's a Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May? And you just said it, no it doesn't. You know, 
the options are still open. You know, you have half of Twitter saying that means Justin's staying because look at what he did with Geno Smith. You have the other half saying this is means that Justin's out the door and here comes insert rookie here. Uh, but like you just said, we still don't really have an idea. Um, one thing that's really, that is interesting, potential free agents that could come from Seattle, right? You have a couple people like Tyler Lockett or Will Disley who might be cap casualties. Um, Evan Brown's a free agent. He's PFF's seventh ranked center right now. Um, he might come in. They're expecting maybe like a three-year, 4.5 per year deal, or maybe even a Coleman Shelton who is with the Rams in LA that uh, Shane has worked with before. And Noah Fant, tight end, Colby Parkinson, tight end, all these guys are free agents, you know, and Shane does like to run a lot of 12 and 13 personnel sets. So all these individuals might be coming in, but there's also another question next man up. So who's filling out some of these other roles? Um, For me, it's very important to have that next man up quarterback coach, um, tight end coach, who's that going to be wide receiver, et cetera, because, you know, let's say Waldron got hired away because the bears do very well, or maybe he gets fired example with the lions. Anthony Lynn was the OC there. He was fired midseason, and lo and behold, look at Ben Johnson ends up getting play calling duties elevated from tight ends coach, and now look at him as a head coaching candidate, probably going to the Commanders. If we are, are, but who are you bringing in that whether Shane succeeds or fails, you could potentially, you know, have someone waiting in the wings ready to take over. And I think this next hire is going to be very important. Yeah, and I think the the guy that seems to be interviewing for the quarterback coaching role is, is a uh, Kerry Joseph. And he, he was, he was, um, you know, assistant quarterbacks coach under Greg Olson, I believe over there in, in, in Seattle. I'm very intrigued by the idea of Kerry Joseph. So this is a guy, by the way, who was like the CFL, like MVP or like most outstanding player in, in 2007, where, I mean, he threw for like 4,000 yards, but he's also, a mobile quarterback, a guy that could run and get outside the pocket. And and honestly, I feel like when I watch this guy running, I'm like, kind of remind me a little bit of Justin Fields a little bit. Not not quite as fast, but, you know, what have you. Um, and here's the thing, though. And this is not a, oh, again, this is not a, if that guy is there, he's a Justin Fields hire. I think he, again, is somebody that can relate to this new age of mobile quarterbacks that can run or can move around in the pocket. They use their legs more often. But I think it, it, there's also a solid enough understanding of the fundamentals to where I think that could absolutely work for whom, whichever quarterback they end up going with. I mean, again, you, you, you figure, right, the, the top two options are Justin Fields or, or Caleb Williams. We'll see. But I, I, I like that. I, I kind of hope he ends up getting this job because, again, he's been under Shane Waldron. Clearly, Waldron seems to like him and trust him and maybe think that he's ready for a bigger role here, um, especially if Greg Olson ends up getting an offensive you know, coordinator job someplace else. I, I think that would be, I mean, for one thing, first of all, you love to see it, you know, a, a up and coming young black offensive coach. Um, you know, that, that can relate to your young quarterbacks and what have you um, and, and help with this pipeline where you need more guys like that getting looks for offensive coordinator roles and quarterback coaching roles and head coaching 100%. roles down the line, et cetera, et cetera. You, you need that. I want to see that. Um, but I actually, when I, when I dug into him and I watched the way that he played and, and kind of some of the coaching experience that he's had, it's a guy who kind of piled around with Henry Burris, who's working with the Bears. Um, on on like the minority coaching fellowship, 
I, I, I feel like his, like the way that he played would be a very nice fit here. And, and to me, I mean, maybe that's not something where you're looking at him like, oh yeah, he's definitely the next man up, but it's an example of a pipeline. You groom that guy. Shane Waldron seems to want to give him that opportunity to, to keep on coming up in this game. And, and you never know, maybe he gets an opportunity to call some plays in the preseason down the line, or maybe he takes a, a little bit of a, an elevated role. In Dad, like a pass Dad, coordinator. Yes. Why are you talking about a pipeline? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm talking about a different kind of pipeline. Okay. So, so there's a story here. So, um, there's a, a book that she reads about uh, the the Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, and so she's very she, she's she's turning into a, a very socially conscious young one right here. Um, but she thought that's what I was talking about when I said pipeline. I'm talking about a football pipeline, though. Hey, start them young. Like be be conscious of what's going on around you. What are you talking about? Well, at that, wrapping up our Shane section, we're gonna take a quick break and then get into the future Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, and a bit of a draft. Indeed. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, first up, we're going to talk about the Shrine Bowl. I know I have some players that, you know, I'm interested in. It says, because Kyrie is going to be there. Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl. Very excited. Um, he's going to be able to have, you know, some articles, some podcasts, just information that is going to be really interesting to build towards the draft. Uh, but we'll start off with yours, Kyrie. I mean, so are there any players you're looking for or anything in particular excited about the Shrine Bowl in particular? I'll tell you what. So I, I, ha I have a, a small list of players that, that I'm going to be checking out. I wrote it down earlier, cannot access it right now, but I will tell you this. Number one on my list is Taj Washington wide receiver for USC. And that is for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, he's, he's an, in, he's a, he's a slot guy, quick twitchy kind of gives me some like Hollywood Brown vibes. Uh, maybe not quite a, as just straight line fast, but he's, he's, he's a slight guy. He's quick, you know, good open field elusiveness. And, you know, I, I think that the bears absolutely need a guy that can occupy that kind of role. And, and he might well be, you know, maybe your, your fifth round kind of receiver that sort of takes over what you wanted from Darnell Moody. The other thing, obviously, as I mentioned where he was from, 
I, I would love to hear his thoughts on Caleb Williams when we're down at the Shrine Bowl. I'd love to hear what he says in, in terms of interviews, you know, what he might have to say about Caleb Williams, the person, the player, um, and whether or not that's a guy. I mean, think about it, right? So the down at the Shrine Bowl, Richard Hightower is going to be coaching one of the teams. Dave Borgonzi is going to be a, a defensive coordinator. So you're going to have a couple of people down there that are going to get up close looks at this young man and if you do go with caleb williams at the top of the draft i feel like to me that is a that is a circle that guy sort of target that you might end up getting in the later rounds i mean absolutely right if you are going to first of all whenever you watch caleb williams tape you can't help but watch his wide receiver <laughs> to pop off the film i mean he just looks good and when he when he's out there with caleb um and you've seen this before in some other instances. Now, I'm not going to – he's not Jamar Chase, but you saw early on how Burrow and Jamar Chase were on the same page, and that was could be very helpful, especially if it's a late-round investment. Not too shabby. A um, couple names that just stood out to me uh, for the Shrine Bowl. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick, running back out of Oregon State, led the FBS in yards with over a little over 1,700. Cody Schrader, uh, third in the FBS, with a little over 1,600. I think the Bears need – another running back and these guys might be guys you can get on the later end of it uh, wide receivers Jaden and jackson jank from uh, from south dakota state um it's just cool that, <laughs> that they're brothers but at the same time they're, they're also good players tight end we already talked about how the bears right i think they're gonna be running a lot more 12 and 13 personnel sorry but right outside of cole Komet, you really don't have another tight end that you can roll rock with powers hot stand so, up rock powers high stand <laughs> up baby could absolutely be Brock Bowers at nine or even a little later if you trade back. But another guy that's interesting, Javian Sanders, tight end out of Texas. He's Brugler's 26th-ranked player overall, second-ranked tight end after Brock Bowers. Last year through week five, um, like I said, Seattle was at 30% uh, 12 personnel, so you need that player. Deontay Lee talked about him uh, before the season started, saying he possesses the speed to stretch a defense vertically. He's a physical mismatch for safeties and linebackers, skying over defenders on jump balls. I mean, that's kind of the opposite of that Cole Komet mold. So, you know, he had 600 receiving yards, scored five touchdowns. I would love to have a player like that. And also Miles Murphy out of North Carolina. Um, that's another player. Defensive line is another one that I kind of have circled a little bit that I'll be interested if he yeah. pops at all over that week. Yeah. And and I so I was able to fish out my list. So hey, one guy yeah. that I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, because this is, um, Boston College puts out some decent offensive linemen every now and again. Zion Johnson being, you know, one of one of the later ones that got drafted high is over with this, the the um, you know uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego, uh, but Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Christian Mahogany is an mm. interior offensive lineman down there with Boston College. I think whether whether or not he gets you know any uh, you know guard center versatility, have to look into that. But I think that interior offensive line is going to be a position that remains a bit in flux for the bears because I mean, you, you have to have depth there because your tackles are looking pretty good. You got Darnell, right? You know that he's going to be on one side. I feel like Braxton, Braxton Jones is healthy. I mean, he's, he's reliable over on the left side, even if not spectacular, the interior was an adventure last year. Center was awful. Like they, they, it was a complete liability no matter who they played there. And then Tevin Jenkins, when he was on the field, was very good when he was on the field, you know, when he was healthy. And Nate Davis, 
eh, you know, for a first year, not really all that impressed. Again, he was battling injuries too. You got, I got to factor that part in, uh, but he was in and out of the lineup. So I think that you have to get some interior offensive line talent. I'm going to be watching that man. I'm also going to be watching out for some edges. And one of the guys that I want to dive into film wise a little bit more, Leonard Taylor from Miami. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm going to be especially looking for guys that I, I think, I think with the edges, I think that it's popular to mock some of these big time uh, edge prospects to the bears, like with, you know, at number nine or, you know, some later in the first round, what have you, or early on, I feel like Matt Eberflus defenses for the most part don't rely on extremely dynamic edge rushers. They just want guys that are that are big and hold their own play football. So I'm going to be looking at guys that that I feel like stand out from that standpoint and you know Leonard Taylor might be a guy who is more of a like a a day 2 day 3 sort of prospect that I would be looking at if you're not going to be going after a Jared Verse or a Dallas Turner or something like that. Yeah, there's only so many picks you're going to have early, first, second, arguably third round. Um, so you really have to make those later picks count. And that's what fills out your roster. And that depth is so important. Uh, some very good teams who are who would normally push for Super Bowls really end up getting hurt by lack of O-line depth. I mean, there's really not a ton of teams that really have that. So right now, I feel the Bears are in a decent position that they can use and, and invest in some of these younger players and bring them in this spring into summer that's really going to help them senior bowl moving on so there are some experts discussing how late picks round picks this year and potentially going forward may not have the depth or pop in the last past years because underclassmen are returning to school due to these nil deals but you can still find really great players i mean darnell Wright, right is a pretty good looking rookie right now or going into now his sophomore year and he stood out where at the senior bowl so who are you looking at here that the Bears might be interested in, or just you're interested in? Well, I mean, number one, I feel like I, I, I'm thinking about the quarterbacks, um, specifically Jaden Daniels, because I I don't think that Jaden Daniels is, you know, number one pick material necessarily. But if there were a situation, and this is, this is all very hypothetical here, let's, let's be straight up if there was a hypothetical situation where you were not in love with caleb williams from you know maybe just a leader of men personality standpoint um i think that that's gonna be worth a look maybe you trade down a couple of spots and and grab Jaden daniels at like two or three or maybe that maybe that's something that you could be thinking about in terms of just having flexibility and I feel like his dual threat ability is going to steal the show. Now, the thing is, he's not just a running quarterback. I think that people kind of look at him and look at the highlights and just like, oh, yeah, it's a running quarterback. The guy could throw the football. He is not necessarily the flashiest passer, like in the same way that, you know, Caleb Williams or, or Drake May might be in terms of overall arm talent. But you look at the throws that he does make. And I feel like there's there's some kind of quickness and snappiness, decisiveness to his game, willingness to throw the ball over the middle. Release is pretty quick. He's able to diagnose things pre and post snap. I really like his game 
I feel like he gets slept on a little bit because we've been talking so much about Caleb Williams and Drake May. I I feel like there's room for him to show that he is very polished and ready to go right now. And and I think that particularly right, you're looking at at the the upside of the first two guys, and and saying like, yeah, they could be absolute studs. But I also think it could be valuable to a team to say, well, I think this guy can get better. He's also pretty solid right now. Like, like we could we can go ahead and plug him in right away. We don't need to talk about sitting him behind anyone. We could just let we can just let it ride, and he can make plays and be a dual threat right out the gate. So I, I feel like that's a guy whose stock I really want to see if it can rise. Well, do you think, let's say if Jane Daniels, this, so actually, if you look back, Jane Daniels was projected to be a fourth round pick last year. He was convinced to go back to school, which is good because now he's a Heisman winner and could be a second or third pick, depending on what teams are thinking here. If he went, the current Jane Daniels came out last year, where would he have been drafted? Say that again, because somebody was asking me for noodles. If current the current iteration of Jaden Daniels was drafted last year, where would he have been drafted? I think he's probably your QB three last year. Mm. Um, I mean, he, it's an interesting thought because I think that people were really hyping up Bryce Young something crazy because he was a Heisman winner too. And he put up crazy video game numbers down at Alabama, et cetera. Um, maybe, maybe you put Jalen Jaden Daniels in front of CJ Stroud, but I mean, I think CJ Stroud had himself a really good college career as well. So he might have been QB three, maybe QB two, depending on, I, I mean, for example, Hey, if, if you had a, a prospect of Daniel's caliber and that whole S2 testing thing blows up and it's like, well, I don't know, I'm dropping CJ Stroud down the list after that. Maybe Jaden Daniels then becomes your QB too. I could totally see that, but I think he would have been either two or three for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I was on record. I was not a Bryce young guy. Uh, I had Stroud as my number one and I had, I'm seeing Will Levis as my two. And then Jay, uh, or sorry, excuse me. I forgot. I had Anthony Richardson as my one. I had Stroud as my two. Will Levis as my three, and I had Bryce Young as my four. That's what it was. Um, my guy's got wasn't. a type. Yeah, I. It's just I like the athletic quarterback. I do. Like I. It just is what it is. Um, and I just didn't see enough out of Bryce Young. And I'm. And we saw it this year. Like sometimes when he got hit, it looked like a dang cartoon where he just like crumpled. And it was like this is just unfortunate and sad. Um, but some other positions that are interesting in the senior bowl for me, number one, as silly as it seems is center, uh, bears tight end coach, Jim Dre will be coaching him coaching, sorry, coaching the O line and specifically Jackson Powers Johnson. The thing that's nice about Jackson Powers Johnson, uh, besides a variety of all how well he moves and blocks in zone and gap schemes and all that jazz is he played center, right? There are a lot of these other guys you'll hear are going to be like guards that moved to center or they, they played a little bit. You got tackles even that they just don't have the length to be outside, but you know, they can play all five positions. So there's going to be a team that drafts like a collegiate tackle to play center in the NFL. Jackson power Johnson played that role. Cedric Van Pran, Georgia's three year starting center will be one of the safest picks. And some people make that a bad thing, but you know, he's, I think it's positive because 
you know, no, maybe his ceiling is not this explosive thing, but he's going to give you consistent, steady play. Again, he also played center for those three years in a good program at Georgia. I mean, whatever he's probably, he is starting as a rookie. Uh, Graham Barton, another center. You could tell right now I'm on the center train, but also wide receiver. Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. Think of him as a smaller DK Metcalf. In 22-23 season, he had 167 receiving yards total. Then last year, in the first game against UNC, he had 178 yards, a little over 1,200 for the season. You love to see that kind of a growth for a guy. And just the fact that he's big X. Uh, Jamari Thrash out of Louisville is another name that I'm really excited about. Uh, defensive tackle, Mason Smith, besides the fact his first name's awesome. Um, he's Dane's 37th ranked player. Tore his ACL, which is something to note, but he's big, athletic traits, physical. You know, frame is just going to fit in the NFL. And then uh, and one last name, and this is my current draft crush, is Sion Vaki. He's a two-way stud safety uh, out of Utah. Had 12 starts at safety, but also saw time at running back and out of the Wildcat during seven games. In high school, he played wide receiver, and he could see some snaps and slot at the Senior Bowl. So I know a lot of teams don't necessarily like that because they don't know what to do with tweeners or people that can float around. But I love the idea of a versatile, just athletic safety like Sion Vaki. I think you talk about tweeners. I think one guy that could interestingly fit that mold is somebody like a, like a Darius Robinson of Mizzou on the defensive line. I think that they're going to keep on looking to add to that defensive line. They, they had a couple of solid picks um, you know, with, with uh, you know, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, I think, came on later on. But Dexter in particular really finished out the year strong. That's looking like a good piece right there. But I think you still need you know, a, you know, another kind of true three technique kind of player, somebody who could yeah. slot in, in rotation. I also think there are going to be a bunch of skilled players that are worth looking at their fits. And again, mentioned uh, old Caleb Williams teammates, Brendan Rice, who you know is one of Caleb Williams top receivers is going to be at the senior bowl. And I think that, you know, again, he's got, he's got the pedigree, right. You know, son of the goat, you know, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I also think you're going to have so Marshawn Lloyd. You're talking about running backs. That's an explosive dude. Now he he had some fumbling issues and and, and stuff like that um, this past year. But he can he can get it going. I feel like that would be you know interesting kind of big bodied explosive guy um, in your running back room. I'm also kind of intrigued by Tez Walker, who is a little bit more of a again kind of a thicker physical guy. Because think He's about it, ex. right? <laughs> yes, yes, he is an X. Now, because DJ Moore is your move him everywhere guy, um, and, and obviously he's he's explosive in his own way. He's not necessarily super speedy. You want a speed guy, but you, I, I think you also want a real X receiver out there and, and a guy who can, who can increase your margin for error by just going up and making a play. And I don't know how many times we saw Drake may just be like, eh, screw it, Tez down there somewhere, and he's just chucking it down there and, and letting Tez Walker just – come up with the ball somehow i feel like that would that would work no matter who's playing quarterback for this team when you saw that throughout the year like take mike evans in the play in that playoff game that they ended up losing to the lions he's mike, mean, mike evans and you that you don't have to pay yeah exactly like why well mike evans how about this really cheap one that you can do instead go up and get it because you don't have to be a burner necessarily if you're a savvy route runner and if you have the frame for it uh and if you can get if you decide to move on from Justin, one of these rookies who might have some nice accuracy with that deep ball, there you go. 
Um, anyone else you wanted to highlight before we move to our mock draft that is going to be 100% accurate? I said, let's roll to the mock drafts. Mock draft. So, obviously, keep in mind. I mean, so, first things first. Um, we're going to have a little series starting February 8th where we do a bunch of mock drafts. We did this last uh, spring as well with Danny and myself. Um, Kyrie was a guest at that point for one of those episodes, and now he's going to get to do a bunch of them. Um, I will it's going to be that. a lot of this. It's going to be a, a lot of the same thing where you know we can't repeat players and this and that. So it's a good way for us to really dive into a lot of these prospects. But it's a good way for you as a listener to learn about some prospects because um, it may be very easy to sit there and just be like Caleb Williams at one for every pick, and we're just not going to do that. Um, we're going to have a bunch of guests that come on. I already have those lined up. Get excited. Some from last year, some new ones. Um, and keep in mind for today's, I mean, this is just a more of a discussion about some general needs that the Bears have, and we're going to insert a player in. We're only going to do four rounds because I, I just don't want to do seven rounds. It's too much. And who that we don't know. I, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Let's be real. Um, four is it's like I was campaigning for three, but Mason's a glutton, so he wanted to do four. There's one player in particular that I'm hoping I can get at four, hence why I wanted to do that. So there, oh, there, there we go. Yeah, it's a selfish decision. Um, so we've entered uh, the draft. We're going to start it. Boom, boom. Here's my question to you. We're going to look at, we have nine trade offers. We're not going to do a bunch of trades in this either, but, 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 but they really might do a couple. The first trade offer we have is pick six. Are we moving back from one to six? No, no, we're not no, doing that. Right. What we might, so that Caleb means. Caleb Williams. So here's my thing though. What we would do with this trade is we're going to look to say, well, we're going to have to move Justin. We're not going to take Caleb and keep him, right? Yeah. So, so who's who's a team you would trade Justin Fields to? Well, I have, I have, I, I think I've got two teams that I think he's most likely to go to at this point, and that would be the Atlanta Falcons. Now that they've hired Raheem Morris, if they had hired Bill Belichick, I, I was not going to see it at all. Um, I was going to cross that that team off the list. But Raheem Morris is there, so I think that that's that's more possible. And I think the Raiders also kind of fit that mold. And, and choosing between them, I would actually go with the Raiders here. I think we should, we should pull that up. The okay. reason being, and we are going to talk about this plenty of times. Will I open this? Yes. We're going we're gonna to talk about this plenty. The, the goal then, if you're trading Justin Fields, is, you know, obviously to maximize value, um, you know, in, in the immediate, but also to get value next year. That means you want to send him somewhere where he's probably not going to win as much, which means to me, you don't necessarily want to send him to the NFC South because the NFC South is always a crapshoot and yeah. you can, and you can win that division with, with eight wins, you know, or, or what have you. Like it's always, always seemingly like that. So in theory, then you would probably trade him to the Raiders because you're mm -hmm. going to put him in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and you know you're probably going. He's probably going to be finishing. Um, you know, those teams are going to be finishing with like six or seven wins, so that improves your draft pick. So that's where I'm thinking. Totally down for that. One other team I throw out there, uh, just because I think it'd be very interesting, would be the Patriots. You take. You trade, you know, you trade for Justin Fields, you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You don't really have a path to, unless you believe in Jane Daniels. If you believe in Jane Daniels, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But 
I think that would be an interesting team. But let's go Raiders. So it, right it is now, interesting, and I would I would very much like that because that would mean you know I get to actually watch the dude a little bit more often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's an interesting one. More so now that Bill Belichick is gone. I think Gerard Mayo might be interested in doing things a bit differently, but it would also depend on the offensive coordinator. Because again, if Josh McDaniels is back, I don't know if that works. (laughs) Josh McDaniels is a very particular kind of quarterback. Um, So second round pick and do we ask for a third in the future? Of course we do. We ask, we see what happens. Uh, The Raiders said no. So let's ask for a fourth instead. How about you give us that? Yeah, they liked it. Okay, cool. So we got a second round this year, pick 44, and a future fourth round pick that I'm going to assume has um, escalators on it so that if Justin plays a certain number of snaps for the Raiders, it becomes a third. I don't know, whatever. Yep. All right, back to the draft. So you're saying Caleb Williams. Yes. I, I think I am pretty much sold at this point. I'm leaning I'm, on the rookie scale. If if that's the decision that ends up happening, I'm leaning Caleb. The reason I'm leaning and not fully on that side is I do think Drake May is going to be the quarterback that is easier to get consistently play on time. Like, and I think that's going to matter, especially while we just talked about this chain, all chain Waldron offense and agnostic and all that. Yeah. It is still a timing based offense where, Hey, the dig is going to be there at this time. And that's where you need to get the ball there. I think Drake could do that more consistently and more effortlessly. Though I, I think, I think that's an interesting observation and I don't necessarily disagree. I do think that, it, that if you're giving Shane Waldron to Caleb Williams, and he's really accepting that coaching, then it's probably not as as big of a deal off the bat as you might think. And you get the Caleb plays that only really he can make. And that's not to say that Drake May can't make cr- incredible throws, because he really can. Yeah. But I've kind of said this before. I think that Drake May's best throws are like Caleb Williams' second tier of best throws. Like... <laughs> His, like the things that Caleb Williams can do are are, are pretty absurd. Um, I I also think that in watching Caleb Williams, and I mean this isn't necessarily a surprise to me, but his fundamentals are better than you think. Because I feel like sometimes you watch the highlights, you think like, oh yeah, he just kind of runs around and and he's playing backyard football. I think even within the pocket, the way that he moves, the the quickness with which he can hitch and get rid of the football. A lot of that, is, I think, is better than you would expect for somebody who's kind of thought of as like this Patrick Mahomes clone. He's just running around and air raiding it all over the place. And I think Drake May gets talked about as this kind of more pristine pocket passer. And I think there probably would be people that evaluate him as such. I think I would take Caleb Williams, though. Yeah, and I do want to highlight when I say playing on time for there are some people who can't play on time and then there's some people who choose not to. And I, I feel that Caleb chooses not to where, because he, he could said, definitely you know, play on time. He just says, Oh, I know that this fly route this whatever this deep corner is available to me. So I'm going to throw that instead of the route that maybe the play was intended for that is open. Uh, it's kind of the, what happens with Josh Allen when he went for that deep shot to end the game instead of digs underneath 
So again, it's not that he can't. It's just that he he puts the superhero cape on a little more than he should. However, that USC weapons and O-line was trash this year. So we are taking Caleb Williams in this scenario. I want to highlight again, <laughs> this is not what we're currently, what we're going to end up thinking we're, you're going to see a bunch of scenarios where. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're going to. We are we are going to, and maybe we should do it earlier rather than later. We are we can and should do a scenario where they keep Justin Fields. Yes, we should do one where they like draft Michael Penix or something random like that too, or take Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. number one overall and really piss everybody off. Like we, yeah, I think we got to we got to do all of it. Agents, I think I'm I'm gonna have like I think it's like six or seven mocks total that we're have scheduled so. There's going to be, I'm going to have at least two scenarios, if not three or something like that, where they keep Justin, because I still think that is the chance that happens. And we have been very vehement Justin supporters. Um, The difference is we're just saying, like, try to see the forest through the trees. It's leaning rookie quarterback. Oh, this is interesting. So this is my biggest nightmare. Um, The receivers I want are gone. And that's a very impossible, right? Marvin Harrison went to the Cardinals in the Serie 4. Rome went to the Giants. And Malik Neighbors went to the Patriots at 3. I don't know about you. Take Jaden Daniels and, and, uh, you know, have a quarterback competition. The loser plays wide. Yeah, the the loser plays wide receiver. So this is where I would trade back, right? I mean, I'm looking here. We can trade back to 12, 18, or 20 would be kind of where I'm at. You down for that? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I think that I would be fine taking Dallas Turner there, but I also am good with uh, letting some of those names come off the board. Yeah, especially so since you got both tackles up there. Both mm-hmm. tackles are going to come off. So you're you're going to get, yeah, and Jaden Daniels probably going to come off too. So yeah, I, w- I would definitely do that. Cool. So we got, we moved back three places to from nine to 12, got the 76 pick from Denver and a future third. Lovely. What a haul. So look at so you have Dallas Turner still available. What? And you also Joe have Hall didn't Joe still Hall. didn't come off the board. So this question, are you confident enough in Braxton Jones to say, hey, I know we have a hole at edge because Yannick is was a one-year mercenary and also got hurt. We need someone across. Or do you say, look, I'm going with Joe Alt because I think Braxton has a ceiling and Joe Alt could surpass that. I also love J.C. Latham, but that's a whole other conversation. This is so interesting because in theory, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. In, in, in theory, it there's there are no openings here for any position other than center. But to me, man, I don't know. Well, okay, I I think I think the the pick that you actually make here might be Dallas Turner. But you mm. know what, man? Screw it. I'm I think at 12, I'm taking Joe Alt. I mean, come on. This this is this is a mock draft. We can do whatever we want. I'm taking Joe Alt and I'm either trading Braxton Jones for whatever I can get back for him a fifth or whatever it is, or or I'm letting Braxton Jones and like Nate Davis or I'm 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 letting people battle it out. I'm letting people battle it out. On the inside, I don't hate that. I could have gone either way, Um, because, like I said, the edge pick of Dallas Turner would actually fill like a need you have. The defense is your strength. Go. We just took Caleb Williams. We want to protect him. 
Braxton Jones had his issues. I am okay going Joe Alt out of Notre Dame in this scenario. And now we play the waiting game. We just got to wait a little bit till uh, our next pick at 44. Recoup that pick by trading Justin. It hurt my soul to do that, but we had to do what we had to do. Yeah. Well, my, my heart is now cold. You know, it's cold and dead. You know, I'm kind of just at, at there right now. Uh, I will say this, though. And, and if somehow it happened that, that the Bears did keep Justin Fields, I will I will laugh like like an absolute maniac. I will revel <laughs> in the absolute chaos. I will I will not think that it, it it's necessarily the right thing to do process wise. I, I, I don't know I wouldn't agree with it, but oh my god, I would laugh my ass off, especially at everybody freaking out. Uh, but would. yeah, I just had to, I just gotta put that out there. I'm I'm the Joker, you know, my Joker origin story happened a long time ago. So we are now at pick 44. There are two names that stand out to me that I see here, and both of them oh, I already are interesting. Xavier Leggett, who I just talked about. You need a receiver because for a variety of reasons, you cannot. Your Darnell Mooney's gone. I can't go into. I assume we signed someone in free agency, but you know I cannot have Tyler Scott as being my wide receiver three. Xavier Leggett makes a lot of sense. The other name. Who do you think the other name is? On this list, is it Chop yeah. Robinson? It's Chop Robinson. Yeah, Chop Robinson's a pretty darn good I, edge defender, and we need it. and you need an edge. I also think you you uh, you slid down a little bit there. I also like Adonai Mitchell. I think that that he probably deserves a little bit of consideration there as a wide receiver as well. I think mm. that um, Xavier Leggett's just raw explosiveness really intrigues me, though. So now the question is, what? What would you rather do here? Wide receiver to support the young quarterback since we didn't get one earlier. Or the solid edge right now. I personally am leaning towards the wide receiver here. I would agree. Um, simply because, like we said, there's a both fill a hole, both fill a need. Support your young quarterback. Do what the last regime did not do for Justin Fields and give Caleb Williams another weapon. The other thing I will highlight, just player-wise, obviously wouldn't do this, but Tyler Guyton is a very interesting name there uh, mm -hmm. out of Oklahoma uh, tackle. But we're going to draft Xavier Leggett, and we're going to be very excited as we move on to our next pick. Actually, we have two in a row, 75 and 76. We're going to get to double dip here. And also, not we're not trading anymore because we're just not doing it. That's a future problem. All right, two picks in a row. Oh, JJ McCarthy sitting there. We can we can, we can take JJ. Oh my god. Oh, oh but 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 I already know. But I already know what we got to do. You know what we got to do right now. Yeah, what's that? Your guy's here. He okay. I was I was trying not to trying not not, not to let my heart flutter too much. My boy Sion Vaki is here. You. So before I do my thing, why would a safety make sense? Because. Unless Eddie, Eddie Jackson's da, taking a pay cut. Da, 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 da. Yeah, da, 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 da. Okay. Talking I'm talking about? about football, baby. So in particular, I'm about to talk about why a safety makes sense for the Chicago Bears. The reason is Eddie Jackson, he's getting a little older, right? Um, he's He's been kind of hurt. His foot's been hurting and, and stuff. So he's not as fast as he used to be. Um, so I think that you got to have some young talent in here uh, to go alongside 
Jaquan Brisker, build with them a little. Um, unless Eddie Jackson has taken a pretty significant pay cut, I don't I don't think he's back. So yes, I want some some dynamism on the back end. Don't lose what you got. Yep. Uh, super athletic dude. Like I already talked to him, up him up a little bit. I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, this, these are coming weeks. Um, someone in the chat, Weedy Gonzalez, pull up his comics. Why not? Where's the center the Bears desperately need? I agree. The Bears need a center. I talked about that a little earlier. I'm also not going to got him in free agency. In this scenario, you probably, I think you do sign a center. I do think you also need to draft one, but you I'm better, not going to reach better pick 75 a, if he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. You better sign a damn center. Like that is, that's, that that's the real problem with with how they approached it. It's not that they just that they didn't draft a guy; it was that they didn't sign a guy. That's yeah. how I see it. All so now right. we get to pick again. Um, I I looked my the next person I'd be interested in was uh, was that center we talked about, Van Pratten, or from he's ranked around 111. So I think we can maybe get him later if that's we what should we want to go with. Get his- a decent center later hopefully this might be a place normally you would trade back but at this point is there you know a player a position that we should be looking at with this pick you know i really like our guy mike sanon strill the the cornerback out of of michigan play okay. playmaking young corner um and that that said you got a lot of corners right now i think he's a good player um and I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Johnson. Is he going to, is he going to get franchised? I'd expect he's going to get franchised, but then is he going to go someplace else? You could use some insurance because I, I still don't think you have yet a true successor to him on the outside. You've got Tyreek Stevenson on the other side, but do you trust Terrell Smith? Now, my my guy that I've been having a look at, again, this might be a little bit rich for him, but Christian Mahogany from Boston College. Again, interior offensive line. I don't know how much center he's played, but again, talked about the need to get some insurance at guard because you badly needed it this year and you couldn't rely on Cody White here for it. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a great try. That's where my mind went as I started looking at this list. Honestly, was Christian Mahogany. I agree you can never have too many centers. I think Jack, I think that you're going to get the Johnson deal done. And I think you saw enough from Terrell Smith that you're okay with him. You're happy-ish with him being your backup and he can play as needed, need be. But I don't think you're happy currently with your line depth. Um, the other, some other names I talked about, Jamari Thrash out of Louisville, a receiver could be interesting. Um, I don't, I wouldn't do this, but I could see someone making an argument for a Blake Corum draft here. Not what I would do. Um, so I would put my vote to Christian Mahogany here. All right. And then I right. think the next pick or two, we should start looking at some running backs. Cause I agree. We want to look at that. The only re why did they forfeit? Oh, that was why. the only re- thing I would disagree with is if we're sitting there and we see a center we would take because I do think you want to draft a center. Yeah, there wasn't really anybody screaming. Now that said, you know, in in a in the real draft, well, there you go. You want some <laughs> Cedric Van Brand? I just think it makes sense. I just think he's going to be a day one starter for you. Like, think I, about what Creed Humphrey was for the uh, for the Chiefs. Do it now. Pull the trigger. We don't got to talk about it. I am Boom. in. We got there one you go. Left. We can stop complaining. There, there it is, everybody. We love you. I'm okay, just, I'm so now, hey, look at this. You got some running backs. Uh, hey! Jalen Wright, Marshawn Lloyd, Braylon Allen, 
Actually, I like Brantley. So um, I, I did an like? earlier version of this where Marshawn Lloyd was not on the board. Marshawn Lloyd, however, is on the board here, and I think I want him. All right. Sell me Marshawn Lloyd. I think, he, I think Lloyd he's, got, he's got more juice to me than Braylon Allen does. I can absolutely see that. So if you were you're the running backs coach and I say, hey, look, Kyrie, we you, you get your guy, but I need you to give me, you know, your 30-second elevator spiel on why Marshawn Lloyd, because you know, I had Braylon Allen ranked one spot ahead. Give me your, because your, I, your, your thing. Because I think that Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, he's got enough versatility, I think, to to do all the things that you need. But he's to me, he's just more explosive than Braylon Allen is. Allen's a guy who's been had a running back body for for however long, right? He, he, he's like been rocked up since he was like in the sixth grade. Um, big, physical, tough, pound it between the tackles kind of guy. But if you want a guy who can do that and also hit you home runs. Marshawn Lloyd is that guy to me, plus the familiarity of of playing with his guy, Caleb Williams. Marshawn Lloyd's very good, and he should have been used more this last year. Uh, but whoever drafts him, that's a benefit. Oh, you bet. Wear and, tear. And, and, and again, I feel like you can imagine. I can imagine Marshawn Lloyd running outside zones like a madman in this offense. Yeah. And that's the problem I think you have right now with the Bears running backs. You have Cleo Herbert, who's explosive but not consistent. You have Roshan Johnson, who is consistent but not explosive. And then you have Foreman, who's going to be gone and was barely used for a variety of reasons. Um, but and but if you can get someone like a Marshawn Lloyd, who can now be your explosive running back, you're looking good. So this is our draft. Round one, Caleb Williams. Pick one, Caleb Williams. We traded back from 9 to 12, recouping a third-round pick and a future third, uh, which led us to Joel Alt's tackle out of Notre Dame. Uh, then we traded – before the draft, Justin Fields, because we did decide ultimately to move on in this scenario. Xavier Leggett at pick 44 in the second round, wide receiver at South Carolina. Got my boy, Sion Baki, safety slash gunner slash running back slash all the things out of Utah. Christian Mahoney, Mahogany, excuse me, guard, Boston College. Uh, they did not like that pick. Low, lowest grade of the, but again, he's a guy that, that again, I think that if he performs well, his stock's going to rise. You're going to well, start I, seeing I agree. that. I agree. Cedric Van Pran, uh, our just solid center out of Georgia. And then finally, running back Marshawn Lloyd. Overall draft grade of an A. We should be hired by the Bears. Uh, that's what we got. So we're going to have a couple more of these going forward. Uh, you're going to see, you know, again, a bunch of different perspectives. Uh, the things we, we're going to do a lot of background research for this. And so we're going to have about, I don't know, six ish, seven ish, I think was the number of mock draft episodes we have planned for okay, you more or that. less every other week. But that is all I have. Kyrie slash Maya, is there anything y'all need to end the show with? Do you have anything that you want to say to the people? Uh, yes. Yeah, what, what do you want to say? My mom has straight hair and I love her. And this is she's, so awesome right and now. And he's the best. Your mommy's the best. Well, you heard it here first. Mommy's the best. And you had to acknowledge the fact that uh, her mommy has straight hair, but not me. So this <laughs> one is a curly girl. That was All right, but, awesome um, and sweet and beautiful. Yes. You know what? That's that's what we strive for here at the uh, Bare Bones podcast. Y'all didn't know that. 
Yeah, it's actually in the tagline. You just have never read it before. But that's all we got. Thank you for joining us. Um, again, be on the lookout uh, for our first mock draft episode. That'll be the 8th, I believe, of February. But until then, bear down.